Thank you so much uh, for coming today. And uh, it's great to, 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 to know everyone's research expertise. And I was starting to worry that my current research might not uh, be so helpful for your own research. But I figured out, since you, we have more and more Chinese students coming <laughs> to the UK, you, it probably makes sense to know their um, you know, uh, higher education experiences, civic engagement in China. <laughs> this is uh, the project I'm uh, currently uh, doing with uh, my uh, brilliant collaborator from Peking University, Professor Wen Xinxian. And I also want to give a special <laughs> shout out to our three uh, wonderful graduate uh, research assistants who collected uh, some of the data, did some of the interviews for us uh, while I was teaching. <laughs> So this is uh, the reason I want to talk a little bit about why we want to do this research. Existing um, research uh, on higher education, particularly higher education in China, is specifically focused on the public and private, public good and private benefits of higher education. We have known, for instance, like uh, uh, China's higher education expanded tremendously in the last three decades. And China's output of engineer graduates already surpassed. Four University of uh, graduate engineer, uh, engineering graduates already surpassed the total number of en engineering graduates in the United States. And China is also leading its way uh, to be one of the most important players in East Asia in terms of research excellence um, and research leader in science technology. Um, and also, there is another trend of research specifically look at the private benefits of higher education in China, and with a discourse of the social upward social mobility, and uh, particularly China, you know, um, had this uh, um, massive transformation politically, culturally, and economically since 1978. There's a lot of um, kind of space for upward social mobility. Therefore, the state and the government use this particular <laughs> discourse of a meritocracy to engage with people from much, much poor, underprivileged background to believe in the opportunities through higher education. So a lot of private uh, benefits associated with higher education. Um, but the expansion of higher education is only an episode of the whole China's transformation. So the, what happened in university also mirrored what uh, has been um, experiencing in a, a society in general. But we, we, I just want to talk briefly about uh, China's, uh, the, one of the major issues associated with China's great transform transformation, the emerging, it's increasing social inequality. Uh, not just, you know, income inequality, but regional inequality and very, uh, complicated, different, what we call inter-region, urban, urban, rural inequality, intra-provincial inequality, different levels of inequality. Um, but we don't know how these societal transformation affect university students. We don't know that the university experiences and the university education contribute to their um, civic engagement. Um, so I want to... Um, talk a little bit about some uh, unique aspect of uh, 
university experience, university education in China. It's the very distinctive role of the state um, in higher education. For instance, uh, university students, your students coming from China, they all had to pass ideology education while they were uh, in university in China. So this ideology education had a different transformation, had different codes, had different labels. So um, it's, uh, how, how can I put it? The importance of the ideology education is associated with a degree. If you fail ideology education, you cannot get your bachelor degree. You cannot get your, get your uh, graduate uh, graduation certificate. So it's very, very important as the core of higher education learning and higher education experiences. Um, so this this top to, uh, this ideology education has been evolved to different stage of knowledge, skills, and values. So this high, uh, ideology education course actually is a hybrid between traditional Confucian values, quality citizenship, and legal knowledge. So the whole purpose of having this a uh, hybrid ideology education is to have socially and uh, politically obedient, highly educated citizens, um, which the particular Communist Party think is highly important for its uh, social stability, given the past student movements. So the, the government, the Communist Party, still played a very important role in teaching, learning, and student activities in university in China. So I, I want to just talk briefly the, the conceptual framework we use here. We use a civic engagement. There was, there's a lot of a, a kind of a literature, existing scholarship talk about civic engagement. Then we kind of use three uh, levels of conceptual framework, which help us to, uh, for our research, for our field work, to find out what it means as civic engagement in China. So we found um, civic uh, engagement, the first we look at the political activities, and the second we look at non-political, social, voluntary activities associated with high education experiences. The last we look at the values, the trust level associated with their um, political, non-political behaviors and uh, experiences in higher education. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about how we did this research. So we, uh, we had research approval, of course, from King's, and uh, we tried to get the same research approval um, from uh, Peking University, uh, but it, was, uh, it, it didn't, <laughs> um, it didn't uh, go really well. Um, but I was told it's sufficient enough to get King's <laughs> ethical approval. Uh, we posted, uh, this is a fascinating um, idea if you want to uh, conduct a field work in China. So if you post uh, this research recruitment through social media applications, uh, you can have very good response rate than traditional kind of uh, targeted channels. And we, um, uh, this is the first stage of our uh, research finding. We're in, we have a parallel cohort. So we have uh, 38 respondents born between 1990 and 1997, 
with the higher education experiences. And, and the, at the same time, we have another team in the field interviewing 70, uh, seven, total number uh, 75, 76 uh, young people without higher education experiences. So we try to do this kind of uh, control group that we compare in the end, we want to compare different patterns of civic engagement. This is only first stage of a finding. We are, are going to look at uh, civic engagement among university students. We try to choose a very diverse student uh, groups. For instance, we have relative, if, if we look at this uh, panel, we try to find um, students uh, equal number of students from STEM subjects and non-STEM subjects, and we, we select respondents from different types of universities, not just elite universities. We want a, a, a good representation of the student from non-elite universities. And we try, we have a, a good balance of the student from urban area and rural area, and a gender balance. We try to, to pr provide a relatively representative sample through the, this uh, first stage of uh, uh, field work. And uh, so for the findings, I want to share some of the findings, try to uh, provide a picture of civic engagement among university students in China. And the first finding, we look at students' political activities. So among our respondents, students are still um, very um, actively engage in applying for party membership for Communist Party membership. Um, before I share this finding, I want to explain, um, apart from the compulsory nature of ideology education, party, uh, uh, the Communist Party has a branch in, in almost in all public universities in China and in most private universities in China. So the, the university structure actually kind of parallel structure, academic structure and administrative structure. But the head of academic team and admin team all Communist Party members. And also Communist Party members very actively in terms of uh, uh, organizing extracurriculum activities. So we find this really blurred lines between student volunteering activities and party-sponsored activities. So even party, well, party branches mobilize um, charities to provide internships for university students. So we found it really difficult to separate political. Is this a political activity or is it kind of civic, non-political activity? So we, we, we had a little bit of uh, uh, difficulty in our field work. But when we, we specifically focus on, we try to push student, uh, our response and narratives on the political nature of this type of engagement. Most students are very keen to apply for party membership. The main reason for this kind of a political uh, loyalty is what we uh, coded as individual, um, for individual benefits. So party membership is associated with symbolic value uh, when they make a transition to the labor market, for instance. Uh, if you're a party member, you'll be regarded as more trustworthy than those who are not a party member while you apply for a job. So some student gave me an example. Um, uh, the senior got shortlisted in some pharmaceutical company. It's a private company. 
it's a joint venture company, the part, uh, and uh, she did not get this uh, senior did not get a job because she's not party member. If you have the same qualifications, if you have the same awards, party membership actually will will be a kind of additional um, useful passport for you to get a good job opportunity. So the main actually the main. Um, rationale for responding to, to be involved politically, particularly associated with direct party activity, is to is for the personal um, individual benefits. And we also we try to find um, um, the patterns of civic engagement um, apart from uh, away from the party organizations. The students actually actively. Um, uh, was actively uh, actively seeking this kind of uh, voluntary char uh, charity activities. So we only find over ten percent of the students in our uh, sample actually participated in some volunteering activities without the support from the local party branch. So some these activities uh, um, include. Uh, the uh, we'll call it free medical service and one tree one one life. So just give you one example from this uh, medical student, the 22 year old Lin Yongzhi. Um, he's an undergraduate student from medical school and he volunteered in this uh, uh, free medical service association and he um, traveled with this medical team and helped um, left behind children. I don't know if you know the term left. So the migrant workers went to the cities to work in the factories, in the shops, restaurants. They left their children behind. So this group of medical team went to different villages, rural areas to help uh, to, to provide dental service for, for the children, for the young children. So he volunteered one summer. And he said, this is really eye-opening experience. It's heartbreaking to see people struggling, to see people so poor. And uh, it also made me realize the there are a lot of flaws in our medical insurance system. Um, and then I ask, ask him um, whether he planned to continue his uh, voluntary uh, uh, commitment. And he said no. Um, he said, um, my other classmates who are academically more competent were busy with their either placement in excellent state hospitals or getting ready, ready for a graduate degree. I'm just an average student, and yet I volunteered. I just, I have to spend more time on my study, otherwise I cannot keep up with the competition. So another uh, example very similar to, to uh, this um, student experience, Another girl, she volunteered to plant trees all over the city, <laughs> and she planted 300 trees in the past three years. But she said, uh, I feel very frustrated because I cannot mobilize my classmates, my university mates, to, to help me with trees. We're underfunded, we're uh, understaffed. And she said, the everyone just wants to get... Uh, uh, scholarships, they just want to get opportunities to in graduate schools or overseas. There is no moral aspect to success. The competitive culture makes everyone more and more selfish. So this is a part of this um, uh, civic engagement. 
we um, that we in in our conceptual framework. I didn't have time. Five minutes. Okay, sorry. I didn't have time to elaborate. One of the key aspects to, to measure the social outcomes of the civic engagement is the level of trust. And China traditionally had a very kind of narrow radiance of a trust. You either trust your family members and you don't trust outsiders. So, um, so the very fascinating, fascinating book by Francis Fukuyama, uh, he published in 1995 about trust. And he uh, really brilliantly uh, um, presented the Chinese trust culture and importance of the family-based uh, trust. And, um, so we want to find out whether university students, because university provide much more space for people to socialize, for people to meet with people from different backgrounds, different regions. So we feel whether university experience and activities can break that traditional family based trust system. So we found it's very interesting uh, cases. Um, instead of uh, uh, having this what we call home living experience, which means you meet new people, you meet people from different backgrounds, you meet people from different dialects, and students actually create a kind of quasi patrilineal networks. The most uh, uh, fascinating one is just what we call the town fellow um, networks. So town fellow networks is very, very tight. It's kind of exclusive organizations on campus. So their loyalty towards town fellow um, clubs actually surpass any other commitments. So. Um, this is uh, just an example uh, about this um, town fellow networks association. This uh, boy explained to me how he got involved with this uh, town fellow uh, networks. He said, I'm from a very small village in Hubei province. It was scary to come to the big city like Beijing. I had no friends to turn to. And one day I overheard someone's dialect in my canteen, then I realized I found a home again. So he was uh, kind of uh, recruited as this town uh, fellow association, and he was given a lot of responsibility in terms of organizing social events, organizing different uh, activities for particularly for our junior um, university mates. And they also had a very sophisticated academic network. For instance, the senior student will recommend the town fellow to their supervisor if they want to go to graduate school. So their networks actually sophisticated deve developed at a different level and catered to different needs. So this student, when I interviewed him, his job was to look after the junior uh, town fellow when they first come to, to Beijing. And different town fellow have different responsibility. So uh, this is a very, um, very interesting example of uh, of the the uh, to look at the trust level in ter uh, through their socialization. And also, uh, we were very interested uh, after we interview students to talk about political activity, non-political activity. We try to ask students to talk about their. Trust and to 
in general, because trust in Chinese is a very difficult word to capture in a daily conversation. So we, it took us a very long time, 20 minutes, to get students start talking about their trust. And what we found is that um, students have very high level trust towards academic staff members and very low trust towards party uh, bureaucrats, which is very strange because we thought there was a conflict between your desire to apply for the party membership and yet you don't trust them. So this is exactly mirrored to the traditional Confucian trust ingredients. So Confucian value means the unquestioned examine the trust to the state and also low level trust and also the high level trust to individual members but there is a, a missing middle. So there is no None of our students respondent can give us an answer about the civic nature of our society, about importance of a community. So there is a missing middle. So this actually, this point was first raised by American social, sociologist Barrington Moore in 1966. And in his book, he said, there is no such thing called middle in China <laughs> from his historical research. And now China's 30% of the you know, secondary graduates already went to university and still have very weak understanding about civic nature of society. There is a, okay, sorry, I finished now. So there is a, what we call it, there is an absence of a civic nature, uh, civic commitment uh, among Chinese students. Okay, I finished now. Uh, sorry, it's, uh, it's, uh, you know, I have a lot to share, but <laughs> hopefully. I, it was fascinating, thank you very much. Thank you.